Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 3, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from culinary sleuthing to recipe ideas and interviews with people who are passionate about food and delicious adventures. So join me here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some laughs, conversation, and I welcome you at my table always. So if you're ready, let's jump into our next food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, Season 3, what? And I'm your host, Beth Fuller. I can't believe it's Season 3. If you're new, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. You have a lot of catching up to do. No, no pressure, no pressure. You've been here through all the seasons. Well, I love you and thank you for listening to me every week chattering away. And you know what I'm going to say, don't take notes. I've taken all of your notes, so head on over to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, take in that amazing food, product, and lifestyle photography. It's what I do for a living. So if you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any 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 kind i'm your gal send me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure all right you guys let's do this let's go on a food adventure hey everyone how are you i can't believe <laughs> like it feels like we're in that free fall of holiday stuff right like i i'm still shocked that it's november i don't know and i say this all the time but like i really don't know where this year has gone it's just been one fun blur after another and i'm just i'm i'm can't wait for the holiday season now i I, uh, you know, come from a very large family and my husband, Todd, his side of the family is very large. So we tend to have like multiple iterations of holidays. And for example, with Thanksgiving, our first one is today. When you're listening to this right now, I will be (laughs) having Thanksgiving number one, which is crazy. (laughs) It's very early in the month, but tis the season and there's a lot of people that we love and we want to make sure we spend time with all of them and sometimes it's just you get together when you can get together and here we are um I do have a little podcast housekeeping before we get going if you have any Thanksgiving questions you need answered shoot me an email um send me a dm on the let's go on a food adventure on instagram page or shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com with all of your thanksgiving questions and next week i'm going to do a special thanksgiving episode answering listener questions giving out some great recipe ideas whatever it is you i've got you so I know it's a very um stressful time of year if you don't have a ton of culinary confidence And I'm here to tell you, between you, me, and the doorknob, we got this. We totally got this. So, um, okay. Now, we have an incredible guest today. So, we our conversation was so magical. I didn't want to cut any of it. Um, So, we got to get going. So, let's start. 
Brady, my guest today. Oh, she's so amazing. I'm like so grateful she took time to sit down and chat. uh, She is a, I mean, you want a beautiful light in human form. This is what Shonda is. She has, she so accomplished, right? Shonda has built this incredible blog uh, in the blink of an eye and is rated Google's number one Southern food blog site on Google, on Google called the Soul Food Pod. She has six culinary guides that you can get on her website. She has an amazing podcast in season two right now, The Soul Food Pod. And on top of all of that, she is a real estate agent, an incredible mother, a wonderful wife, and a best friend to everyone she meets. She is just downright amazing. So please give a warm welcome, a round of applause, a standing ovation to Shonda Nicole from the Soul Food Pot. Shonda, I am so pumped to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. You are a queen and I am so grateful you're taking time. I am honored. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. I I can't wait to dive into conversation with you. Oh my God. We have so much, so much to talk about. I want to know every little in and out of your life. Like, let's start at the beginning. You're from Virginia originally, right? Correct. I'm from coastal Virginia. So Virginia Beach, born and raised in a, in a beach town. Oh, that's so cool. So now I'm, so I grew up in New England and I spent the majority of my time up here. And then I've also lived on the West coast, but in like Southern California. Lucky girl. I know. Right. I've traveled all over the country, but not like stood very long in some of these spots. So tell me like for Virginia, coastal Virginia food, how does it differ from inland? Is there a difference? Like what are some of like the big stars that, cause you know, you think Maryland blue crab, Virginia, right. <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't want to, I mean, like, no, no tea, no shade to like Virginia, but like, I'm being honest. Like, I don't know. I know like Virginia feels like you're starting to get into a lot of the Southern foodways, but mm-hmm. like North Carolina, it's North Carolina barbecue, it's low country or, you know, what, we'll talk about all of that too. But like, what is, what is Virginia besides drunken beach culture? Like, tell me more. And I don't really, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being so ignorant to. I love it. Cause I love to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Food's so fun. So coastal Virginia is known for uh, more seafood dishes. Uh, we have like, uh, people love oysters, Rockefeller there. Sure. Um Crab legs, crabs. Uh, so all of the shellfish, seafood, it's a big seafood town, and especially fish. Like my dad was a fisherman by sport. So I just mm. grew up on seafood, which is absolutely my favorite thing. Uh, but fish, so flounder, uh, trout, just we're just a big uh, seafood kind of town. So if you go down to the beach, we are, I live in Vegas. So it's like, it's not a Vegas strip by any no, means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a strip of more boardwalk which they call the ocean front so that area um if you were to go to a restaurant there there's definitely going to be a lot of seafood uh, specialties in that area Mm. and so even though like virginia is known for ham and peanuts as a state yeah Yeah. northern virginia you get up towards dc area arlington they're gonna have probably more ethnically diverse food so um Ethiopian dishes, um, just different, you know, inspirations of food in in that area. So it's just a different 
diversity group of people that really live there than maybe in coastal Virginia. And so my parents are from North Carolina. So I have huge, well, I live in Virginia, so I live in the South I and mean, I live in the, the first state. So there are influences of just soul, Southern soul food, which is what I share about, you know, what I talk about and, and share about. So that's always there. So it's still the collard greens, you know, the, the macaroni and cheese, uh, you know, those rich, cozy comfort food dishes are still ever present in coastal Virginia, coastal Virginia, but we're definitely probably more known for our seafood. That's what you'll find along our ocean, was it our ocean front? Sure, our- sure, sure. Oh, I love that. And so mom and dad, they're from North Carolina originally? Yes, both from, my dad was actually born in Newark, New Jersey, but mm. he didn't grow up there. He was just really so Give me the hell out of this state. Yeah, I'm going to, <laughs> no offense to New Jersey, but like. Right. Yeah. I don't know much about my grandmother um, from my dad. Unfortunately, she passed away when he was only six. So mm. in the story, she was a musician. And so given that she was a musician uh, and so was my grandfather, there were, I'm sure they traveled just a lot and probably where work found them. So that's probably perhaps why I know she was in Philadelphia. She was in New, New so she went North uh, in New Jersey and then ended up settling back in North Carolina, but because that's where her mother, father, our family is, was nestled and still is nestled at. Oh, I love that. How did mom and dad meet? Uh, so my mom and dad were high school sweethearts. Uh, oh. <laughs> North of course. Of right. Course. Yeah, high school sweethearts. And my dad saw a gentleman in a uniform, in a Navy uniform, and one day, and he was just like, that's what I want to be. And so right out, yeah, he, he was, a, my dad may rest in peace. He's a military man. He mm. loved the military. He loved the Navy. I think my husband said once like I was like my dad loves planes he was he was an airplane mechanic and he goes no your dad is a plane so he <laughs> tell you the ins and outs of planes like he'll, he, he would hear a plane tell you the jet engine you know the type of fuel I mean he would just rattle off everything the thrust power all the things I don't know he would so <laughs> but I probably cool. should have. he would rattle them off to you so uh my dad joined the military right out of high school and they went to Maryland where they were stationed so I learned a lot about Maryland. They were single in Maryland. So they had fun stories about living in Maryland. And then they had me. I've been, I've born and raised in Virginia Beach, which is, which is actually rare because we are a military town. Yeah. So you get a lot of people, transient population for sure. Yeah. Same as in Las Vegas. Mom, everyone's a transplant here. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but then, yeah. So I am uh, Virginia Beach homegrown. So wow. And first, thank, thank. I know your dad is no longer with us, but let's thank him for his service because that is, and it sounds like he was a lifer in his service and just the pride and and what he took out of it is that's so wonderful because I could never do it. And so I always thank everyone that can do it because it is, it's a toll. And you know, thanks to your mom too because having someone who is in the military it's not an easy lifestyle and thank goodness you guys didn't have to move around too much but you just see so many people that when they get deployed and the whole family has to go and it's just it's so stressful and I can't even imagine if he went I'm sure did he go and serve in um a few of the wars and some trying times he was probably more on his way out as like Mm. desert storm as the wars came but what he he was such a sailor <laughs> that yeah. he loved he was a fisherman by sport. So he loved the ocean. So it, we didn't move around because he, he chose uh sea duty. So mm-hmm. he would go away for six months, which was just normal to me. That's my dad's job. He would go away for six months or nine months at a time. And with him choosing sea duty that allowed us to stay in one 
location. And so I'm the military kid who never traveled from, and I'm a world, yeah. I love to travel now, but I never traveled from place to place. I grew up steady in Virginia beach. Yeah. So. And then your mom, I mean, half the time she was a single mom, like right, raising. Right. And do you have any siblings? One sister. So we're eight years apart. Um, so there was a lot of are time. Are you older or are you younger? Yeah. yeah. Me too. So yeah. I spent a lot of time as the only child also. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then she comes and then you're like, wait a second. <laughs> now I have to babysit? Like, now we have to change diapers and babysit? This is bullshit. Like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so funny. How it is when you're the older sister. Yeah. So. yeah. 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 And then they start stealing all your shit later and you're like, where the hell is my blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, I know exactly where I'm going. Right I would always. Right yeah, I would always leave him because my dad wouldn't, he he had no idea. So I'd always leave and my Barbies were not where I'd left them. You no. know, I was very, I'm a very meticulous person. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that Barbie was at an event and now Barbie is not there. Like Barbie is now playing with G.I. Joe's and that was not what she signed up for either. So what the hell? What the hell? And it was such a good movie too this year. Did you see it? You had to have seen it. Oh, I saw it. I went to the Barbie brunch. I, I have a son who came to town in Vegas and he was so kind to like go to the movie with me, go to the Barbie brunch with me. I told friends like I feel like it's a I'm it's a dream come true. And I oh. wholeheartedly admit that I am a Barbie girl and love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I cried. I was like crying my eyes out in the theater, like, oh my God. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> sobbing at the end. Sobbing. Sobbing. Yeah. I'm so lucky that I live in this city now because they do big city things. So like in downtown Las Vegas, Circa, the hotel there turned, the hotel, it lit up pink and they did a whole pink Barbie house theme on the inside. So it was just so fun being in this city that really embraced it where there were Barbie brunches every, you know, there were just all these things. They so made it fun. Oh. so Vegas. Yeah, yeah it, it was so it's Vegas. I mean, yeah. I used to go all the time. It's Vegas, baby. I love right. Vegas. Um, okay, so- now, your great grandmother, she plays a huge role in your life and in your, probably your inspiration. Now, were you alive during when she was around? Yes, uh, but only for a little bit. So, very good question. Gra uh, my great grandma, Florence. So, mm -hmm. having said how my grandmother, I never got to meet her, Olivia. Uh, she passed On away your on dad's my dad's side. My dad's side. So, my great grandma, Florence, is actually my dad's grandmother who actually raised him oh, and wow. all of his. Uh, there were six of them. So she raised all of them, her and her husband, my pop pop. Oh. So I think grandma Florence passed away on, around the same age for me when I was maybe six or seven. So oh, I you got to spend that much time with her though. Cause that's yes. to have that generation still alive is huge. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I distinctly remember things about her. My mom, she adored my mom who in this case was her daughter-in-law and she wanted my mom to open up. She she loved how my mom was just so really intrigued by her and loved the way she cooked, the way she did things. She was just such a um, crafty woman. Um, and especially for an African-American woman, she catered for, you know, Caucasian families and events and things. And she did this pretty much on her own. And I think my grandpa and the kids just helped her like transport <laughs> these things that she made in her literal kitchen to the you know, high affluent events and things. So my mom, by way of her, I know so much about my grandma Florence because she spent a lot of time with her and my grandma just really loved her and wanted her to kind of continue her legacy. And she wanted my mom to open a catering 
business when my parents moved to Virginia, but my mom was like, ah, like you live in North Carolina. I live here. Like I can't do this without you. But I thought that was just so honorable that the love that she had for, cause she had granddaughters and daughters right. too. And she really had that much love and respect mutually for my mom as well. So um, mom has a lot of her recipes. She passed them on to my mom and my mom is just, she could be a museum curator in her own right. She's very good at like preserving things. Oh, I love that. From the past and holding on to them and framing them or shadow boxing them. She's just really good at keeping things. Like we'll give her things that like, you know, let's, we're moving. I'm like, oh, I don't need this anymore, whatever. She'll put it in her house, spray paint it, like have it another color. I'm mm. like, you know, it's yours. And you're like, ah, like I love that she finds a, be- a good home for yeah. all the things because it's like, I don't, not want it because I don't like it. I just don't have a place for it anymore, but she'll yeah. find it. So, Oh, I that, love that. Yeah. So she has told me a lot of stories and like my grandma had a KitchenAid, which, you know, like when I got my first KitchenAid mixer, that was a big deal. Like my Still grandma, is. Yeah, yeah, right, right. My grandma had one back then, you know, catering. I'm sure she needed that. So I've learned a lot about her and I have a, a dear friend of mine. We kind of um, say that we are just so fortunate to where nowadays we're women that can do, you know, our create, what we're creative in can be like a huge uh, career and moneymaker for our families for us. So we just say that we do this in the spirit of like our grandmothers who probably knew way more than what my grandma than what I do, but I'm able to elevate that knowledge to a different level than what she was able to do in the time that she was here. So I always feel like I'm doing it in honor of her and, us women were, were just really pushing forward and I'm able to do the similar thing, but just at a, an elevated level than what was able to be accomplished at her time. Oh, no, totally. I mean, you have another plot, you have a much bigger platform that you can speak from. And I think it's also probably you feel very spiritually connected to her while you're cooking and like you can almost feel her hands probably around you like, <laughs> no, 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 put more of that. in. you're like, OK, sorry, I'm doing it. I'm doing it like, you know, it's probably kind of meditative in the same thing. And it's just it's food memories are so important. And a lot of our love is rooted. That's one of the ways I show love. I'm sure that's one of the ways you show love is through food and cooking. And so, you know, when we have a food memory, it's like that memory just gets even more imprinted in us and in our core past, like some just love in our heart for the people that are no longer here. And it's how we continue to help them. Their memory stay alive is through their food. What was some of grandma or was it grandma Florence or Nana Florence? What what do we call it? I actually, so I say grandma Florence kind of just for reference on my podcast, but I called her her mama. Mama? Okay, love Mama. that. Yep. Okay. So what were some of her like specialties? Well, her she did a, like meringue was a big uh thing mm. for her. So she actually put some meringue into her carrot cake, which was kind of like my started starting episode for my podcast, where she that's how she moistened moistened the carrot cake wow. with the actual like uh meringue inside the cake. So not on top or anything for decorative, but inside the cake. Uh, and it's gosh, she has the best carrot cake, which now made through my hands, but you know, from her. And um, my dad, because um, my mom is an amazing cook, which is, you know, I think why my great grandma, mama, and my mom is also mama now. So she's mm-hmm. like the new mama, the future mama. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. My kids call her, but that's why they had that connection, obviously, because they both are amazing cooks. And she also did a wonderful banana. Um, 
banana pudding, which mm. my dad adopted. And so even more recently, I had my own little spin on banana pudding, but my dad would always meringue his, and I thought he just had the best banana pudding. And so I started to do that that way. And that's from my mama, grandma Florence also, how he did it. And so I've adopted that same uh, way that he makes it now also, and it's my absolute favorite. Oh so, man, I oh, love banana pudding. And like, yeah. but I'm not, so I fell, I've always liked it. And then I went to, have you been to Magnolia Bakery in New York City? No. Okay. So the next time I mean, you're in New York City, go to like there, they got real famous from Sex in the City back in the nineties. The and they were known oh. for like these really pretty cupcakes. Right, right. Skip the cupcakes. Right. Now it's all about their banana pudding and the way they make it. You can get the recipe. I'm salivating thinking about this. You can get yes. it online. And the way they make it is it almost looks like everything gets crushed in together. So mm -hmm. it's like ice cream that has like mixins in it is kind of how, and then they, they take an ice cream scooper and they just in like, like an ice cream container is how you're walking out with it. Right. And they use vanilla pudding with sweetened condensed milk mm -hmm. in that. And then I forget what else is in it. And then you kind of layer in the whipped cream with this, the vanilla pudding and then the bananas and you take the Nello wafers and you crunch them up and then like stir it all. Holy shit. But you got to make it a day ahead of time. The bananas are going to start turning brown. So you got to eat the whole thing right away. Like it's, right. but it's so good. So I, I have to make yours now. Like I, in, in honor of mama, like I'm going to make this banana pudding. And I just told my aunt to make it the other day. And she was like, oh my God, this is so good. So now I've got it on the brain that I'm like, I right. need this banana pudding in my life. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, Now, any other like core food memories from your childhood that like you are just so honored that you get to make today. Oh, absolutely. So, so there definitely was grandma Florence who was an esteemed caterer. So she had proper Southern cooking. She catered. Uh, and so I remember her as just a very, she's my mom says it all the time. She's a very petite woman. So we have kind of the same build. She's just a lot I hear that I'm a lot like her <laughs> and just that I'm very detail oriented and very meticulous about how I do things. Everything has a place. There's a place for everything. I remember her velvet uh, couches and her lit, like her nice sitting area. So she was just a true Southern belle who just was, you know, skilled out of this world as far as cooking. Then there's my maternal grandmother. Uh, and I called her Hey Boo because she would always say to me, like when I'd go see her, she'd say, Hey Boo. And so as a kid, that's what I picked up. So my Hey Boo. And so we were very close because my Hey Boo was here until I, you know, until my 30s. So she was around for a very long time. So a lot of my. And we, is she in North Carolina as well? North Carolina as well. So they Where live in North Carolina, are they all? A small town called Wilson. Uh, I just went there a few weeks ago to celebrate my aunt's 80th birthday. Oh my uh, gosh, I love such it. Such an honor. Yeah, she looks like 50, but she's 80. And so I'm like, I have mm -hmm. so much to look forward to. So <laughs> That's, is it like near in the Charlotte area or more near Raleigh or? Yes, near Raleigh. So the oh, Raleigh okay. Durham area. Yep. So very yeah. cool. Very mm -hmm. cool. Okay. So Wilson, North Carolina is where they both live. And both grand great grandma and grandma live maybe five minutes apart because my parents were high school sweethearts. So they didn't, they oh live very close. <laughs> so cute. Right. So my a lot of food memories come from my Hey Boo's house because, you know, I just 
my mom is that grandma too, where, you know, they've always got something for you to eat when you come over and you know, they pack you that to go bag that, you know, those were just really fond memories of food. And the, the grandma that I pride myself on being today, where, you know, I always have a thing that I can make for you or so food is just really core cool in that. But at her house, I remember she had a tiny little kitchen. There was a curtain there and her like washer, washing machine, a dryer didn't come until many years later, but there was a washing machine there and the round table and all my aunts and uncles and everyone would come over into that tiny kitchen and there were spices on the counter and you could just smell Southern comfort in the air. And we would, she would cook in these big pots and then she, we'd all sit at that table and just eat. And so those are my first real fond memories of food because it's grandma, it's cozy, it's warm, it's special. It's all the people you love, it's laughter. So that's what soul food is to me. Um, I always say on my um, when I exit or in exit, I exit the podcast, but food for the body is not enough. There must be food for the soul because it's just for black culture, you feel it, you know, you, you feel what you eat. And for us, feeding someone is a huge part of our culture. You know, when we have holidays, there's not just like three sides, there are probably 12 sides, yeah. you, know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and you, and we want you to eat, try everything, yeah. you know, so it's just a big part. And that's how food, that's what I, my earliest memories of food are, are that way oh. through my grandma and those comforting special times, you know, things that just can't be duplicated and memories that you relap about and you reshare that time when so-and-so did this. And it's just amazing. It's love. I mean, that's, that's, that's love and you can't, there's, there's nothing. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times I talk about this before, like the holidays can be such a wonderful, warm time, but it's also sad because you look back and those people are no longer with us and the, and the memories and everything evolves and changes, but like, that's love. We're so lucky we have had that experience wow. and that you keep it close to your heart and your soul. Um, and you do every day with your work that you, what with you do. Okay. We got to talk about the blog. This is, <laughs> I mean, what you're doing is so important because so much, especially in the black community, cultural appropriation happens between your art, music, and like a especially with food, people have no idea what they're eating and why they're eating it and where they like grits. Come on, come on. Like, you know, like a lot of people are so ignorant and just the food shows up, they like enjoy it. It's always been there, but why is it always been there? And I love that you go into this history and the reasons and where it's rooted from. And it's so important to educate ourselves on that. And I really appreciate that. And I really thank you for telling those stories. Um, so where did the, where did your idea to start a food blog come from? Oh my gosh. Well, first, thank you. It's, um, it's, it's just like my pleasure. It's such an honor to be able to share these stories, to preserve them. I guess I have a little bit of that, uh, historian curator side from my, from my mom, you know, so to share these stories and, you know, these memories to put them into, like, we have these platforms where you can start a blog and even making a business, I still pinch myself like, I get to do this, you know, but to share just that, you know, my family's history, which is a lot of Black people's family's history, you know, to take those stories, you know, my mother-in-law tells a story about Mr. Frank, who would always greet her on New Year's Day. And so it's fun to, you know, tell the story of why we eat Black IPs, you know, and, and incorporate him into there. So it, I think it just comes from the memory. So how I started a food blog, I had a blog uh, it's my signature blog. My name Shonda Nicole. And 
I had that and it was just a, I say a hodgepodge. It was like all the things you could do wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. I there, right. And so it was just like many of us where blog started, true blog, where it was just journalistic entries of like, you know, what I ate today, what I'm musing about, you know, what I love to wear, that kind of thing. And somehow I, I think in COVID, I really dove into Pinterest. I started teaching Pinterest and that's where I really began to understand SEO mm. and why that matters so much. Mm -hmm. I was teaching a little bit of SEO. And so what I began to realize is that you can't have food on the same site where you talk about like your hysterectomy surgery. and Totally. Like, totally. Yeah. 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 You can't. Yeah. You know, people come for the one thing and they don't jump over here because you've got this wonderful recipe. They came for the one thing. So I decided to separate the um, content, which was a group with the best idea. And so somewhere in there along the pandemic line, I Instant Pot was really booming. So I got an Instant Pot. And I've always cooked because I have a family, you know, and you have to cook. But I can't say that I love to cook. I have fond memories of food and these special women around me who are amazing at what they make. And it wasn't until I got my Instant Pot and that I really loved to cook. Like it was just the infusion of flavors that you get in there where you don't have to stand over that hot pot for, you know, eight hours or four hours to make collard greens. I can do that in, are you kidding me, 15 minutes? And it tastes like my grandma, you know, who came from North Carolina just to make me this dish. Are you, know, are you serious? So when I discovered that, and I am such a passionate person, if I love something, I go hard. And so I just went like, okay, I can make oxtail. I can make like all these things faster in the instant pot. So I just went all in and began to just, you know, write it down and document like how I was making these things. And so that was the separation of, okay, no food content on this site. It all goes here. And we're just going to specifically focus on what I know, Southern soul food. And so even for me, as I love that you feel the love and you love the history and the stories. It's such a fun learning process for me too. So I may know why, you know, like as a black person, we always eat this, but it's fun to like research and find out, you know, sometimes I know the story, sometimes I don't. And so like pulling more pieces and diving in further and pulling more history and culture out of it and being able to share that, that thrills me to share our culture and, and the legacy of the food that we eat. And, you know, I have kids, I have grandkids. And so to have them, understand that and you know when they're making a meal for their family to really know like you said why are we eating this and you know what did your grandma do with this or you know how did this come about and how we've elevated it you know it started here and now we're doing this with it so that just really it just makes my day and um, it's just an honor for me to be able to share because these aren't my stories but these are our stories and it just it's wonderful to be able to have a a platform, like you said, to be able to elevate our stories and to share them. No, I think that's amazing. And for the listeners, I, there is a, it, I could be wrong, but I, is there, is there a distinct difference, which I think there is between Southern food and soul food, there, uh, right? Yeah. And I would love to get into the differences between it because not all Southern food is soul food and not all soul food I mean, it can be Southern, but it's, it might not be like, we're, we're let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. I actually write about that a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it comes up a lot and it's a, it's a very neat topic. So I almost say it exactly like you said, not all soul food is Southern food, um, but most soul food or 
I'm reversing it as I'm going to say mm-hmm. it. So not all Southern food, sorry, is soul mm-hmm. food. But yes, most soul food is Southern just because of its um, the origins of where it derived right. in the Southern U.S. But soul food, the difference there is because let's just go back to like macaroni and cheese or banana pudding. Anyone can make that in the South. But what makes it soul food is the essence of the flavors that are added into it. It's like when people say in the South, like you put your foot in it. So <laughs> that is where it becomes soul food. And so Black people just have, we, we're we extra. I, we're known for being extra people. We have a swag and you know, young people say a flavor to how we do things. And so that really is derivative from our food, you know? So, and as enslaved people and people that came from Africa, we had influences with us already. So there were certain things like yams in Africa, okra. So things that uh, our ancestors knew and used in the native country. So coming here, some of those things may have been here, but others, they, you know, it went to sweet potatoes because the yam is not from, you know, on this continent. So there are just other influences. So they began to take things and a lot of things, it was just the scraps. So the somethings from nothing um, that they use. And now we, you know, look at them as culinary delicacies today, which is a lot of how cultural food is derived. It's just what's available to you. And then for us, a big thing with that is elevating through through flavors, the infusion of flavor. So spices, I mean, when you think of Africa and, you know, uh, trading of spices and things like that, it just makes complete sense. So it's just in us and that's how we cook our food. So if it's not flavor, it ain't so. <laughs> no, totally. I love African food. And it's so, I mean, one, we all need to acknowledge how big the continent of Africa is. Like it's oh fucking God. massive. And right. as a child of the eighties, they fucked us with the maps. Like they really right. screwed us over with them. Once you saw a real map you were like, no way. I've been right. looking at the world that differently. Holy shit. Cause white people fucking did that. And that was stupid. That was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, how many people don't know that Egypt is in Africa, you know, that Egyptians are African. So there's so much or Morocco. Is I know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's um very interesting. So to be able to share these stories and, and tell them, uh, I really hope because uh, I can say one thing I always say, I wish I paid attention more in history, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, now it all it's so relevant to politics and, you know, just mm-hmm. all kinds of things as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see how everything, the puzzles piece together. Well, it's the same with our food, too. And that's for all cultures. Yeah. Uh, so I wish that we actually learned history and it wasn't whitewashed the way that it got, you know, like if we only really heard the real stories and that I think is now we're getting them, but it's we have to dig for them and you have to advocate your, for yourself to learn them because it's it's so important. It's so utterly important. Um, yes. You're doing amazing work, just scratching the surface. Even you probably feel like on these stories. Yeah, just scratching the surface. Uh, we have a trip planned next year to Africa, and I'm super excited. Um, where are um, you going? I think we're. I don't know. I guess this is like a few weeks. So uh, intentions of going to Ghana, going to Morocco. I have a girlfriend who lives in Portugal. And we're going to like, she's kind of my rock in helping me put this together. So my husband and I are going to travel, but we're going to start kind of base there and uh, move, you know, go in some different directions from there. We're going to, my husband's been to Amsterdam, so we're going to head there. So just a lot of different places, but Africa is central in this trip. So I can't wait just to learn more and come back with so much more and be able to share with my readers and listeners and the world about more of our food to continue this research and this 
dig, you know, and yeah. scratch the surface and be able to share these stories and even, you know, more of a rich, spicy way. <laughs> and just like the food experiences you're going to have. Oh my, my God. Yeah, oh, I I'm know. so jealous. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so jealous. I talked Take to food alone. Oh, I know. I talked to a wonderful woman in Kenya and she was telling me like after we had a call and we finished and then we just sat there for like an hour talking about food. I was like, oh my God, tell me more. Like, and just like the different coastal communities and, you know, Senegal versus Kenya versus up North versus down South. I mean, it's all so different. And like people are so just passionate about the spices, the flavors. And Mm -hmm. like, like you make a huge point about seasoning. Like tell, tell people what really good seasoning is because we're not talking salt and pepper here. Like that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not seasoning to taste with salt and pepper. Like explain, explain to the listeners. Yes. That's one of my, I guess if we said, I don't really say pet peeves, but just for lack of a better word, one of the things that kind of gets under my skin is uh, the season to taste or salt and pepper when as recipe creators, when someone doesn't share, like, tell me what to put in it. You know, that's what I feel like my readers want to know. Just give me the whole, you know, everything, exactly how much of this, exactly how much of that. And so that's what I, with intention, I do. I never will tell you to season to taste or just salt and pepper with no actual measurement. So that's first and foremost, but there are just so many more things. I love using macaroni and cheese, um, which has a, no pun intended, but rich (laughs) African-American history with it, but it is America's favorite dish. And most people probably just think, you know, you put some milk, if that, you know, most probably water um, and cheese and, you know, there you go and some butter. But like for my macaroni and cheese recipe, there's paprika, there's mustard powder, of course there's salt and pepper, but there's just so much, there's garlic powder, you know, there's just so you want that flavor in the dish and then we're baking it you know we want that crust around the edges and so seasonings you know just make a difference that's what makes that that's the stand-apart dish that's that michelin five-star you know restaurant because the flavors they know what they're doing with the, the seasoning and the flavors a lot of people mistake garlic as just a seasoning and it's more in the flavor family, you know, you still need that salt and pepper, um, proportionate salt and pepper, and you also need additional flavors to balance, you know, that meal. So seasoning is so important. So when you come to the soul food pot, that is like my main thing and my gift is that you do not have to, you, you can start from, this is your first time making a dish or you've been making it, you know, for 10 years. I've with honor have had people tell me like, I thought I was the queen of macaroni and cheese until I made your recipe. And you don't know how great that makes me feel, you know, to, to hear that because there are a lot of Queens out there that mean macaroni and cheese. So for anyone to say that about, a dish that I've inspired or a recipe that I've shared. It means so much to me because they mostly are, you know, our core family recipes, but whether, you know, this is your first time, you know, you've got an instant pot or you're, you know, you've got a pot and you're trying to make it. I want to tell you step by step, you know, every detail of how to do this so that you're confident in the kitchen and that you feel successful and that you turn over something to your family, your friends, or if it's just yourself, that you can be proud that you made and that you want to share. Cause that's what food's about. We want to share, you know, and we want to tell someone, we want to take that Facebook picture now and, <laughs> and post it and say, we did this. So that is like 
how I write my recipe so that you are able, you feel confident and comfortable and that you can, you can make this, that you can do this. Yeah. And one of the things too, that I love about your style of cooking is that you really make cooking soul food, not intimidating because a lot of people think soul food. I mean, I can relate it to my, my mom's side is very Italian. And so we, used to get together on Sundays and have like Sunday sauce and, you know, things that take a long time and visualizing your grandparents cooking for a long time. And yes. you have a lot of shortcuts. You talk about it a lot on the pod as well. So, you know, I think we need to talk about the, the pod. So tell everybody about the pod and like, also like some of your shortcuts that make food so approachable that you talk about too on the podcast so much. Yeah, so the podcast is the Soul Food Pod, a little play off the Soul Food Pot, which is the the website. So that was really fun. But it sells modern cooking appliances. So when I even say that about, you know, myself that I've always cooked because I had to. I have a family, you know, our kids have kids now, so that you know, it's cooking is necessary for life. But now I love to cook and it really has to do with embracing technology to be honest with you. So Instant Pot is one of my favorite tools in the kitchen. Instant Pot, I'm, I'm looking at it now in my kitchen, they have an oven and it's a small convection oven that does amazing things. I hardly open my big oven unless I've got like turkeys or big things that I need to put in there. And I'm using that small oven that's a rotisserie. It's a, you know, it's a broiler, it's a baker, it's an air fryer. So it does all these things in one appliance. So, and then the air fryers, I mean, gosh, they're our, our best friends. So just thinking about our average home cook these days, you know, home cook, amateur chef, most of us have careers. We have kids, we have dogs, you know, my kids now in the house are my dog and my cat. They take a lot of my time, you know, and I'm so willing to give it to them. So they're just, you know, it's not the days with my grandma Florence or, you know, my Hey Boo, where there was just time. And even, you know, Sometimes, you know, my, my grandma, Hey Boo, was a single mom. So just, you know, where I watched her and, you know, she had this big stock pot and it took all day, you know, and these are great memories of the all day in her kitchen because we got to laugh and, you know, have that fun together. And I can still invite my grandkids and my kids into the kitchen that way, but it is more approachable because, you know, they're used to an air fryer or, you know, they can chop the things and we can put it in, but we can have this dish done and be on to the next one. So it's just a lot a lot of the, the shortcuts um, have to do with our modern kitchen appliances. So like for example, for sweet potato pie, which is our signature dish on the soul food pot, we can do the, we can get those potatoes, you know, peeled by, you know, or mashed and everything with the instant pot. You know, we can take, you know, we have a Southern spaghetti recipe. We can take the noodles, layer the noodles, the sauce and the water in the instant pot. And in five minutes, the spaghetti is done. So it's just using what we don't skimp on are the flavors. The flavors are ever present. We are still, you know, I'm still guiding you through with what seasonings are going to make this that soulful recipe like your grandma made because she knew what to put in that pot. Yeah, I've got that step by step for you. We're just actually shortening the cooking time. And with Instant Pot, it's like just taking those flavors and it's almost intensifying them with that pressure cooking method. Yeah. And preserving the nutrients we're not overcooking things and making them mushy and you know cooking out the flavor and the nutrients so it's just like i mean technology it's precise you know mm -hmm. and so that's how we're able to navigate these iconic classic recipes no sacrifice on the flavor or the seasoning or the soul we're mm -hmm. just able to get this done for 
our amateur chefs and home cooks like myself faster so that you can feed your family something you're proud of, that you're excited to make, and you can still do all the things that you have to do as a parent or as a career woman, you know, or as a pet owner, you still have the time to get all those things done. No, I love that. And um, when do your episodes come out on the podcast so everyone can keep an eye out for them? Thanks for asking. Uh, Usually every Sunday we have an episode. So I love that Soul Food Sunday. Yes. (laughs) I love it. it. That's fabulous. I don't know if Oprah trademarked that, but like I love it. What's hers? Hers is uh, Soul Sunday Soul something or Soul Soul something. Yeah, because there's I'm not I get confused because there's so many ways to play around now. Sunday dinner, you know, food for souls. I mean, there's so many ways. In essence, uh, Black folks are familiar with Soul Food Sundays. It's kind of the time. So if it's not a holiday, we still, that's the day we come back together and there's still the 12 side dishes. And I love it. I know, I know. And you you come hungry, you're going to leave so full. Right. Yeah. You're not even going to need to eat on Monday. Like, no, you have the not. food and you will. You will you eat. Will have you've got food. all the leftovers. Yeah, my, one of the things that I love that remember from like that I wanted to embrace being a grandma and like my aunts do this with their grandmas also, mm. but uh, they always have the uh, styrofoam, the ones like the restaurant yeah. has that open and close. Yeah, the clamshells, sure. Yeah, the clamshells with the perforated spots for the food. Yeah. So those are like staples in their house so that you can take a proper plate home. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. And they would be offended if you do not take a, par- a proper plate home, like right. offended, like yeah. what, you didn't like it. You didn't want yeah. that. Come I on. Yeah. Come on. Come right. on. Okay. But so now you're in Vegas right now. How did you end up in Vegas? And you have to talk about, are you still doing the, the food tour, the, the soul food food tours? Yeah, so we, um, I wish that had, so it should be finally finished before this year ends, fingers crossed. Mm. Uh, We have just had, and it's a great problem to have. So uh, Soul Food on the Strip are the food tours that we've been curating and putting together because there's a lot of soul food in Vegas. Who knew? It's not just drinking and gambling people. Vegas has soul. Whether it might seem soulless at times, but there is soul. You just have to get off the strip a little bit, but there is soul in Vegas. Right. Sin City has soul. So yeah. And I'm proud to be able to tell you all about it. I love living in Las Vegas. It's my dream city. So with soul food on the strip, Uh, The good problem that we've had is the podcast and the blog have just been on fire. And so we just haven't had the time to dedicate completely to finishing that product. So uh, hopefully before this year ends, that it will be an established thing that you can come onto our site and purchase. But uh, so fun. Yeah, so fun. It's been fun curating the restaurants and everything. So we're like 85% finished. They're just like the logistical things that it needs to go on the site, you know, um, the packaging and all, all the things. So we're, we're, we're at that point. So that's good, good news. Yeah. Um, otherwise how I got to Vegas is my husband, and I've been coming to Vegas for probably over 20 years, um, at least 20 years. And we just, I think it was like our first trip together uh, as a couple, we came, we did Hawaii and then we stopped off in Vegas on the way back home to Virginia. Sure. And as one does, you need a long layover. It's a long <laughs> flight to fucking Hawaii from Virginia. Like, and you lose hours you gain hours it's a it's a fucking nightmare it's a whole thing right it's a whole thing real right we need it yeah a little layover before we got back to virginia (laughs) a little gambling little cocktail action yeah little craps table yeah i got you i'm safe same same got it so 
we somehow we just discovered we love coming here. So it was our our always vacation. We came like at least once every year. And then one day we were just like, why don't we live here? Like, yeah, why not? So I, I have a Vegas blog also about things to do in Vegas, um, which again, I'm so passionate about. So I love sharing because like you said, they're sold to the city. Vegas is such a culturally diverse city. I mean, we are the entertainment and food capital of the world. So there's so much to share about what to do besides gambling and drinking. There's way more than that. Um, so we uh, ended up moving here. So my husband's a retired fireman. And so when he retired, we that we said that would be our time. And the youngest is in college on, you know, on his last leg. So it was just the time. So now I split my time between Virginia Beach and Las Vegas. We have a lot of property in Virginia, so we can't quite just you know, wash hands. Yeah. So I go back and forth between the two. And now my cat and dog travel back and forth with me. Oh my God. I'm on the plane with the dog on my back and the cat in the back my rolly bags. I love it. I love you. Like taking the whole family. It's taking all the family. whole family. We're all going. Is your mom still in Virginia Beach? My mom is in Virginia Beach. She purchased a new home. I, actually, the same year, I think we were buying homes together. So she's kind of got bigger roots there she just has a new place there so we she was the first person that came here we did a cross-country trip so how we we so i'm actually a licensed real estate agent in mm. Nevada. and so and i kind of did that with the idea that i wanted to buy that i wanted to be the agent that bought the house that we found and so that's how it played out so when we found this house and it was kind of on a whim we came here for an earth wind and fire concert <laughs> And we, <laughs> as one does, as one does, and then you're like, so we're BT dubs. In between that, we're gonna go and just look. We're just gonna look. We're just gonna look. That's how it always starts. We're just gonna look, and then you fall in fucking love with it. You're like, and we're making an offer. Like that. <laughs> you, that's how it happened. You said it. <laughs> it's got to jump on it. It's gonna go. It's gonna go real quick. Market's hot. Market's hot. But market was hot, right? And that's exactly how it happened. So. We walked in, I'm sitting in the kitchen right now. And I remember I can see my husband like, oh yeah, this is the one, this is the one. I'm like, this is the one? Like, like I wasn't expecting this. Like, okay. <laughs> and so we left, we went home. So we see the house once. Um, yeah, of course. Lucky for us, total it was, blur. It was a total blur. Yeah. I, I just have the the Redfin pictures that I can right. look at. Here. You look at the MLS <laughs> listing and that's all you got. And you're like, I don't remember if we had closets. I don't remember. I don't remember a damn thing. That's how it was. Exactly. So I think we contracted like late November and closed escrow in January. It's like the, we're still like, and we're kind of think we're coming to the end of the pandemic, but then as we get into January, things are flaring up again with yep. COVID. So it's just an odd, very odd time. So my mom, my, my husband still like got property he's working on in Virginia. So my son and I were like, let's call it our world, world tour. We're going to drive across the country. So he's a, a virtual student in college. And so is his girlfriend at that time who lived in Tennessee. So we decided we're taking, our, we call it our world tour. We're just driving across. The country. So, I love it. I love it. So my mom hops on. And so we, I rent an SUV and we pack it. And I mean, we've got air fryers in the um, oh dashboard and like what? coffee makers and yeah, in the console, you know, cups in the side area, yeah. you know. It's a party. Control. It's a party. So you're sitting between a rug coming down the aisle, you yes. know, 
so so comfy for a long car ride too like everyone's squished like this in the car and you're like yep we're gonna we're gonna do a 12-hour drive day so (laughs) buckle up let me know when you gotta pee dogs like just like mom like smushed on the the window my 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 coat became the blanket for the cat and the dog and some my my son just decided to make a joke he takes the top of the litter box and he's sitting with his like a turtle shell with it on his back so it was a really fun experience uh so that's how so my mom was one of the she was the first to actually get here and we began to set up shop (laughs) holy crap and what year was it that was 2022 that was 2022 wow yeah almost two years boy does time fly i know right it's a blur a blur Holy shit. Okay, we got some listener questions we got to dive into. You ready? Awesome. Yeah, I'm ready. Jack in Madison, Wisconsin writes, there are so many kitchen things to buy in this world. I don't have a massive kitchen or budget, but I want to get something new and helpful to help make cooking more enjoyable. What are three must-have kitchen gadgets and or appliances to get? Now, we all know. Number one, like, please. It is the instant pot. <laughs> I guarantee it will be on sale on Amazon or Target on Black Friday. So keep your eye out because this is coming out right before Thanksgiving. Jack, yeah. get your list ready. You're buying yeah. yourself an instant pot. Right. And Jack, Target has the bundle and it's, yeah. I'm sure they're going to put it on sale. So that's yeah. where you want to And you want to <laughs> get, now correct me if I'm wrong. You want, they come in different sizes. You want at least the six quart. That don't fuck with the four like just get the six if you got a little bit of a family go eight but really the six is the lowest you're gonna go right the six the six is exactly what you want you can feed a family mm-hmm. of five in the six court yeah. um i hardly even see the eight i know they had a 10 at one time or yeah. the four more because just like any brand you kind of find out where your niche product is the six is it yeah yeah, yeah i agree okay so six quart instant pot what else? two more come on you have to have an air fryer. Okay. Um, that's a compliment. So there are things that you're going to want an instant pot, and then you're going to want to take them out and crisp them in that air fryer. So you got to have the air fryer. It's so easy. I mean, there's just so much you can. Trader Joe's, I mean, I'm a Trader Joe's huge shopper. Mm-hmm. They put air fryer instructions on their things now, which mm-hmm. like the lights. <laughs> so that's going to make it easy for you, Jack, um, if you have the Instant Pot and the air fryer. What size air fryer would you get? Because they do come in different sizes too. They do. So uh, it just, and I can't just say like standard six quart like you can with Instant Pot. They, yeah. There's so many brands of air fryer. Mm-hmm. And they, so you can have basket, you can have tray. I think you can go anyway because I actually have both. <laughs> like I've got basket and tray, and I they both work just as good as the other. It's just if I have something in the tray, then I'm going to the basket. If I've got Fair something enough. in the basket, I'm moving to the tray. So it's kind of how I pick it. Also, my basket one's a little bit smaller, which is not a bad thing as far as like you know cooking. It's just if I have something smaller, I'm trying to reheat or something you know small to make, then I'm going to go with the basket because it's just smaller. It mm-hmm. fits it better. So that's kind of how I gauge that. But I don't think you can go wrong with probably any brand of air fryer. Um, even Instant does make the Instant brand, which makes Instant Pots. They have mm-hmm. the Vortex. Um, they're really good at what they do. So if you can swing it, go Instant Pot route. But I really think any brand, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And last one, I know it's like picking a favorite child. Right. So I'm going to give you a twofold here. Um, so I, my favorite kitchen appliance personally is my Instant Pot Omni Plus oven. Like I said, it's an air fryer. It's a rotisserie. It's a 
uh, broiler. It does all kinds of things. Um, it is my oven. It's great if you live somewhere like Las Vegas where I'm not putting the oven on in the summer because I've got this wonderful little countertop appliance that does the same things that a big oven would do. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other, I'm going twofold here because we're coming upon Black Friday and Thanksgiving. So I don't want you to miss this deal. Um, I'm a shopper at heart, <laughs> if you didn't know. So kitchen egg stand mixers, light. Mm. And I'm gonna tell you, get the uh, the head, the uh, not the the not the crank one, but the tilt head. You yeah. want the that they it's kind of like their standard, so everything's made for the tilt head. I think the tilt head's easier. Also, I've got one of each, and I love that. I I can't justify buying a tilt head when my crank works well. So totally, totally. <laughs> I would a second tilt head. Um, so that would be my two. Uh, mixing is a breeze. You can shred chicken. You know, you can do so much beyond baking and mixing with that KitchenAid. So those. Oh are yeah, I mean, I also got the pasta attachments for mine years ago, right. and I. I don't make a lot of fresh pasta anymore, but when I do, <laughs> I use that. And let me tell you, I even, I will buy fresh sheets of pasta at like Whole Foods mm -hmm. and then I eat them myself to, to make the noodles that way. Heaven on earth. Heaven oh. on earth. Yeah. And your KitchenAid will last a lifetime. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that thing is built to do work yeah. <laughs> in the kitchen. It's built to last. So, yeah. I, um, my son got me when you were telling me the story about magnolias in New York mm -hmm. and the banana pudding. I kept thinking about my son bought me an attachment, the ice cream one, because <sighs> to make Do you love it. Right. I actually haven't used it yet. Um, oh, okay. I've, and sometimes, you know, just as profession, you're you're cooking for the blog, which, you know, we're not making good stuff. So my family never complained. But so I haven't got yet to which he got it for me so I can make banana pudding ice cream, homemade banana pudding ice cream. But to your point, there's all these things available that you can do from homemade pasta. What? You know, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, that's a, that's great. Jack, we hope you have fun shopping. Let us yeah. know. Happy yeah, shopping, Jack. Know. Happy yeah. shopping. Okay, Nina from Instagram writes, I use your food blog and many others to pick what I'm making for dinner that week slash month. I'd love to know what goes into creating a recipe on your site and how do you select what you're going to write about? Oh, thanks, Nina. Um, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm, I just, it always warms my heart that we actually get to come into your kitchen and share with you. Like, so I just have to thank you for that. That's just, uh, gets me all warm and fuzzy. So with that said, I pick recipes and this is an SEO pro tip if this matters to anybody, but I could wax on about, about mm -hmm. this, but I pick recipes that you want. So um, I always say, it doesn't matter what I say, what matters is what you say as the reader. So I'm constantly um, a little techie here, but we're looking at data. You know, I'm, I'm looking at what you're searching for. You know, I'm doing research on what people are searching for. So, and I stay within that niche. So of course, if people are searching for Italian pasta, I can't really share that. That's not my niche, you know? So my readers are gonna be like, what are you doing? So, so you know, there are wonderful bloggers that definitely take that on, but anything in that Southern from soul food realm that's what i'm sharing and i'm really looking at what you guys are looking for what you've said that you want what you're searching for what the data says you know you love fried chicken all right we need to we need to make more recipes around fried chicken so that's kind of how we're choosing what we're making which is why um i haven't made the banana pudding ice cream mm. just because so many things that our readers and our listeners want um and the data says that they want they say they want so that's what we have to put forward first as mm -hmm. much as i want 
get that KitchenAid attachment up there. It's just not the time for it just yet. No. And I, I'm, I do, you know, I'm a professional food photographer. And so yeah. I know, and I work for a lot of companies and brands that do have professionals that write recipes. And I've done some a little bit on my own for brands, but there is so much testing that goes into writing your recipes. I am sure you're not making it once. You're not making it twice. Some of them you're making over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And it's like, it's so time consuming to not just write a good recipe, but then on top of that, to research it and do the story work behind it too. That's exhausting. Oh, it takes, um, yeah, one would be surprised. Like it's been fun because like, so I was able to bring my photographer here to Vegas and it was her first trip here, which uh, just makes me so excited. Yeah, so right. We had a wonderful time but after we did the work. Like I was exhausted by the time we had the wonderful time, but it was fun that when my husband's in Vegas, it's like his, for him, it's vacation home. For me, it's still work. So he was able to see exactly what went to it and he was just in awe of like what we do that's just the photography that's, I mean, just, that's you not you're that. scratching the surface yeah right you know that 100 percent. that's yeah. just the shoot so to your point um and i couldn't do it without her so yeah thank you for what <laughs> you do also beth because oh my gosh you make my life so much easier and so much prettier <laughs> so yeah. Shout out to food photographers. Oh my gosh. And God. stylists, food stylists too. That is, yeah. oh my God. And my photographer doubles as both. So it's just, it, it's amazing work. Um, So yeah, thank you guys for what you do. And so with that, like you said, it can take minimum eight hours to publish um, a blog post. And, you know, we have people on the team, I have an SEO strategist, you know, we have writers, but they're still I'm the one who made the recipe. So even still, there's so much editing that I have to come in and do. And because they're my hands in the pan. So they're just integral things that my writer may say this, but mm, now we really can't, you know, it doesn't work that way. I've got to tweak or tell you the pro tips. So there's just so much that goes into. And then on top of that, we've got to stack the SEO component. So not mm -hmm. only can't just write the recipe because you'll never see it. You know, the Google will never get it to you when you search it. So we've right. got to make sure that we're covering that component. You know, there's editing. There's just a lot that goes into it. So at minimum, it's about eight hours a recipe post. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And then we're making sure that, like you said, the testing. We're testing so much because we know how to do it in our head, yeah. but we've got to make sure that it translates to you so that you know, you know, that we didn't miss a step, you know, that once you do this, you do this. And that if there's any little tips in there, you know why. So you're not mm -hmm. like, why am I doing that next? So there's just, there's a lot of details and groundwork to cover in uh, putting up a recipe versus like, I have a travel blog for Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. It is much easier to share that content um, because we don't have the recipe card. You know, we, you know, we don't have the direction or excuse me, the instructions, yeah. the ingredients. So it's a lot easier to share on that site than it is on that recipe site. Oh my God, a million, a million percent. And for people who don't know, SEO, I love a good acronym, is search engine optim optimization. <clears throat> and you. so what that means is, and if you want to, how about you, you should explain it. What What is search engine optimization? Just for people who don't know. Thank you. And thanks for bringing that up because I told you I could wax on about no, it. No, I, I love it. No, I, yeah. I, it's, yeah, I, I, can... I will geek out with you all day on this. <laughs> Trust me. It's so it, important for, cause people get, they don't understand. Like you can easily get lost in the sludge of the internet. Like it, it and it's just getting worse. So you yeah. have to know this. 
You have to know this. So in essence, um, just as Beth just said, search engine optimization, which basically means how your, how your, so if we create a recipe, how you find it on the internet. And it's basically, um, you can think of it as the way that you search. So most people search with either a how-to phrase or with the question. So how do I make soul food macaroni and cheese? Or, you know, what ingredients do I need to make soul food macaroni and cheese? So people ask questions or put a how-to phrase into the Googler and, and try and figure out how to do a thing with just make a recipe, ride a bike, you know, whatever it is that you want to know how to do. And so SEO is the way I call it Google's love language. Mm -hmm. And so I used to teach people, and this is what we're using ourselves to, we're speaking to Google and Google's love language of how to, you know, make sure that you show us and are in the search results when someone searches something relevant to what we talk about. So that's a very big part of, you know, on one hand, it's, you know, recipe development. So it's culinary. And on the other hand, it's we've got to have the techie part of how to talk to Google because there are thousands of people who share soul food, you know, in my case, or, you know, if you're an ice cream blogger, there are thousands of people who know how to make ice cream and share it. But we want to be the one that that you find when you do the searching. And so that's where we have to talk to Google and make sure that our recipe posts cover all these check marks so that Google understands who we are, that we are a Southern soul food site and that we, you know, we are niched down. And so we, you know, we, we're special specialists on these special recipes mm-hmm. um, and that they will show it, to show you to can get the right, show us to you when you search. So that's kind of what SEO is in a, in a nutshell. Love that. Love that. Okay. Iman in Chicago writes, I didn't grow up in the South, but I feel like I could be, I could have because I love Southern soul food so much. As I get older, I'm doing my best to eat healthier, but air quotes, healthy food and Southern soul food don't always go hand in hand. Do you have any tips on lightening up some classic Southern recipes without sacrificing flavor? Oh, does she have tips? Come on. Come on. Yeah. So we're going back to that technology again. So not SEO in, in that way, but yeah. I'm going to go back to those modern uh, kitchen appliances. So gosh, let's say, so we, we love to use an air fryer. So when we're, there's air fryer fried chicken. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of our popular recipes. And when you pull that out, you can see all the grease that's like down there. That's not hanging on to your food anymore. Yeah. So they're just, we're going to use those modern kitchen appliances because not only are they actually making our life easier and still soulful, but they're making, um, they're a little bit healthier for us also that we are not frying the food. We're air frying the food. And, and so you can occasionally have your fried chicken. Oh yeah, yeah. Fried chicken is amazing. And why it's amazing because we tell you what seasonings and spices to put on to make sure that you still get that flavor. Um, and again, remember that it's not all salt. So seasoning is just not, and Beth, you said that from the beginning, salt and pepper. So mm-hmm. we're going to use flavorful things. We're going to add the paprika, you know, we're going to use the garlic, we're going to use the onion. So we're using things to infuse those flavors in where it's just not a heavy salted and fried meal. So yes, um, I would encourage you to definitely head to the soul food pot, try out some of our recipes. Um, we cook with a lot of vegetables and a, a lot of just good seasonings so that you're getting a balanced diet and not just a bunch of fried salted foods. Yeah. And not all soul food is heavy. Like, it, right. you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a misconception of Southern food and soul food that it's not all real rich and heavy it's it's there's layers i think it's layers of flavor that create the soul within 
the food. Like right. hot liquor and collards could not be healthier for you. Right, like, right. You should eat that every meal of every day. And I guarantee you will be very healthy. Like very healthy. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, my mom made a, a point. Um, and I was like, you're so right. Whereas remembering that people when when you're following a recipe and it just tells you like season to taste at the end of it that means you're adding actually a lot of salt and pepper on top mm -hmm. of your food after it's cooked so that's not the ideal situation because you're probably putting way more on this one serving than you need to have because the dish lacked flavor to begin with so when we're cooking actually with and infusing the right amount of salt the right amount of pepper and getting those flavors in the whole meal where we've salted the whole dish and not like dumping a serving of salt onto my mm -hmm. one plate that I'm eating, then again, we're still making, you know, this food is healthier than if we did it the opposite way. So just knowing what flavors and what seasons to put in from the beginning to balance the whole meal is much healthier than salting it all at the end once it hits your plate. No, totally, totally. Okay. What are you making currently at home right now that you're so into? Ooh, okay. Um, lately, so I love all cultures of food. So I've actually been into Greek food right now. Mm. Um, so we, in Las Vegas, there's like this Greek restaurant near us that we just, I, anyone that comes in town, I start them there first. It's in our neighborhood. And so, um, my girlfriend was just here. So I started her there. And so then I just tried to emulate, you know, like there's a, the village Greek salad. I've been emulating that for a while. Radishes have been my thing for the Oof. moment. Like radishes everywhere I can right now totally yeah um I'm also been into uh spoon bread so Ooh. we have and I haven't published this recipe yet because I actually was a little intimidated with spoon bread myself and then actually as you just make more dishes and you you know you start to you know you're writing the ingredients and instructions you'll see like oh my gosh I made spoon bread just take this out you know so totally really like conceptual as you start because you're actually writing these things down so it gets really granular when you're writing instructions and you know ingredients so that's another thing that I've been mm. into and then this one so that's just kind of what I've been into but for the blog it's been a lot of turkey yeah so oh, it's Thanksgiving time <laughs> I know it's turkey time, time. We're doing mm -hmm. turkey different ways. So we have our air fryer turkey wings, our air fryer turkey legs. I, I love, I have a homemade apple cider brine. It's so good. It makes the moistest turkey. So we've been um, playing around with the apple cider brine, you know, and the turkey. So a lot of those recipes are already on the soul food pot, mm -hmm. but that's kind of what we've been, what I've been in my kitchen having fun with lately. I love that. Okay. How can everyone find you? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, head to the soulfoodpot.com. If you want to hear my voice and hear me chatter on again, <laughs> you can find me on the soulfoodpod.com. Season one, I brought in a lot of guests and we had a lot of fun talking just black culture and food. Uh, my mom pops up a lot. She's so fun to talk to. So, uh, and then I bring in like some best friends and we have good conversation. And then season two, we do listen to the recipe, which is really fun where I actually just walk you step by step mm -hmm. through the recipe, answer your frequently asked questions about each dish. I mean, we really dive in to make sure you're super comfortable and understand the history and the why we're cooking it this way. Uh, and then of course, on the Instagrams, it's actually my name, which is my signature site. So I I also have shondanicole.com as my signature website and Shonda Nicole. And I'm an N-E-C-O-L-E, Nicole. Uh, so S-H-A-U-N-D-A and then N-E-C-O-L-E is where you'll find me on the Instagrams. Love that. Love that. Okay. Last question. Last question. I ask everyone, if you had all the money in the world, where are you going and what are you eating? 
okay, if I had all the money in all the, the money, yep. I'm going to level up Vegas and I'm going to Dubai. Oh. Um, yes. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know what you eat in Dubai. So I'm going to eat everything gourmet food. Is, so I've seafood, anything gourmet. My husband's like a, a little bit of food and a whole lot of money. That's what she likes. So <laughs> <laughs> I watched the real housewives of Dubai and I was like, God damn it. Those women are so fucking bougie. Right, so right. Bougie. Oh, and they're so fucking funny. Oh, God. Of course, I've watched them too. And actually, BravoCon is happening this weekend in Vegas. So it I'm, is. I'm looking is. at like, all these Bravo t-shirts and things on the strip. Are you going? Uh, are you going to BravoCon? I would lose my shit. I don't think I could handle, to be honest, the fans. They're so... I'm a Bravo-holic, but I'm, the fans get so heavy that I don't oh think I God. can... Like that. So. I know. Are you watching the newest season of Beverly Hills? I am. Okay. I'm Are we loving color. Garcelle's hair color? I am loving it. It looks yeah. so fucking good on her. Yeah. She's a beautiful lady from fancy when she was on Jamie Foxx show to yeah. now House, uh, Beverly Hills housewife. Beverly Hills is my favorite. I'm such a California aficionado. Totally. So I love Beverly Hills. So yeah, it'll just be fun to see if we see anyone. I'm actually going to see Adele this weekend for the second time. Like, nice. so, so fun. Yeah. So I have family and friends on uh, my daughter's birthday. She's coming in. And so we're going to do that. So I'm just looking to see who I see from Bravo out there. But what was the initial question? <laughs> oh my God, where are you? Where are you going? What are you eating? Sorry. We, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can talk Bravo all day long. And I'm actually holding myself back because I could talk Bravo. So all day, all day, yeah. all day. I'm doing a full rewatch of uh, the Housewives of Atlanta from season one because oh. I, I'm just obs I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Oh. I'm obsessed with the Dallas Housewives. They're like the ones I would pick to be my friends. They're oh, just I, totally. Cool. Fun. I, I love them and I hope please please hear me bravo bring them back so oh, I know I know I mean I love the girls in Potomac too but like Dallas there was something really warm and fuzzy about them like Atlanta will cut a bitch and I fucking right. love it I love it like they will yeah. come for you like they will come for you yeah I you couldn't help with NeNe Leakes you do not fuck with Nini. Like, no, no 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 yeah Atlanta I couldn't hang there but Dallas their fights were pretty petty so yeah. it was like, you know they could easily get over it so they, yeah. they just had so much fun I just love the energy that they have there. So I good. want them back <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah definitely go to Dubai I'm eating whatever is in Dubai because I love culture and diversity and I just want to try all the things and learn why the things you know why we're eating this and what region did it come from so that's where I'm going um, I'm starting there and then um, I'm going to so we we are going to go to Morocco, but I'd want to spend more time there because yeah. we're doing, you know, this is a trip that's going to have to repeat more and more, you know, more times to really get all of it, take it all in. It's like coming to Vegas. So totally. I would spend a lot of time there and start and study spices and seasonings and African culture and just history. So that's probably where I'd start. There are just so many places in the world. I would I love to Those go. are good places to start. I love it. Shonda, I cannot thank you enough for coming and chatting. I feel like we are now new best friends on different coasts and you have to come to Boston. I will come to Vegas. We will party and have so much. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to come and share. And I love to talk. Um, yeah, Beth, you're the girl. <laughs> thank you. All right. I will see you very soon, my friend. Have a nice weekend. You too. Bye, everyone. I How much do we love Shonda? Seriously. 
told you so. She's amazing. Shonda, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I could have talked to you for a lifetime and it still wouldn't be enough. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I will link all of her information in the show notes, uh, which are on my site, elizabethrfuller.com. Please check out her podcast. Please go to her website. Please support my girl. She's fucking amazing. Amazing. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on Instagram, do it. Do it. Slide into the DMs with your questions. Let's go on a food adventure. And you guys, thank you so much lead with kindness, make some yummy food this weekend, and I will see you next Friday with a special Thanksgiving episode. All right, bye!